to another edition of the Pixel and Roll Show. We discuss a team still out in Vegas, baby. You're watching Wizards. Hello, everyone. This is Adam McGinnis. It is July 11, 2016. This is a special episode, well-ish, covering the Summer League. Adam Rubin of Truth About It is out in Vegas, and he was able to join me for a brief conversation to recap the Wizards' first two games and what he's been witnessing out there in the summer league over the past three or four days. So this intro is once again going to be brief, but first I have a sponsor. Yes, Sneakis, S-N-E-K-I-S. Get your DC DMV sports apparel at checkout. You get 10% off when you enter Pixel Roll code. Help support this cool company, Dope Ass Designs, and my independent Wizards Media. All right, here's my conversation with Mr. Adam Rubin. Mr. A- Mr. Adam Rubin, what is up, dude? How's Vegas? Uh, it's pretty good. It's it's, it's hot. It's real hot. <laughs> you mean it's hot like the blackjack tables or the poker tables? Any good gambling yet? Actually, no. Well, I, I have been gambling, but no, it's not going well. Uh, it's not going well at all. Although I just placed a futures uh, away pit on the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, Redskins game going over week one. So. We've got some time until that happens, but I feel good about that one. Wow, wow. Already, already NFL betting. Great. Speaking of hotness, your pixels have been firing away, dude. Really liking your coverage. Before we get into the Wizards, what's your experience been like so far down in Vegas? What's What stood out to you? Uh, well, the first thing that stood out is it's getting pretty crowded here at Summer League. One of the, the great things, I've been here for several years, and it started out, used to be you know small crowd, very intimate. You could walk on the concourse, go back and forth between the two stadiums, you'd run into you know, the players and coaches, you could talk to them. I remember seeing Mike Miller walking by, uh, you know, talking to him about the uh, Wizards. But the crowd has gotten so much, a lot more cramped. Uh, all the stadiums are pretty much full, and you can't move around as well. A lot of that has to do with the Lakers fans, uh, unfortunately. So uh, you know, Lakers teams now, they've had a lot of uh, big draft picks, and D'Angelo Russell and Randall and Clarkson here, and now Ingram. Uh, the crowds have just got huge, and they come in and they take over the whole place. So that's, that's, that's the one downside. Any other players you've seen that have impressed you? Yeah, well, I mean, Simmons, I mean, obviously, uh, people see highlights like yes, Ben Simmons, but he's been pretty uh, spectacular. I mean, you can tell right away that he can be a, a point guard in day one and be one of the, the best passers in the league. Um, the jump shot, I can't really tell you because he's not taking any. And I assume once he gets to the NBA, this defense will cover him sort of like how Rondo was covered or how Wall used to be covered. Uh, still is a little bit. And just, you know, go under all picks and try to make him hit a jumper. But he's got the size that I think he can make up for that. So if you give him space and he gets a length start towards the rim, I think he'll have a lot easier time finishing than, than, than a Rondo or even John Wall. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if he's able to overcome his jump shot early on or take a, a year or two for him to get a little better. But other, other than him, Chris Dunn has been the most impressive uh, so far of the other rookies. He was playing against Emmanuel Mouillet the first uh, game and the, the Nuggets and he was he was pretty dominant on offense he could get to wherever he wanted on the floor he was doing turn around you know fadeaway jumpers he was he was going after people for blocks I and mean, he was playing all over the place so he he seems like he's pretty NBA ready right now how about of any of the any of the uh, higher, how about any of the higher the others how about you know, the big name ones the, the, the lower picks like Dragon Bender uh, I, I saw him play one game he wasn't too impressive he was you know, he had eyes he was shooting from the outside he could move pretty well but he didn't do anything how, how about any other anyone else not really doing that well for the high picks that didn't really impress you I guess I wasn't as impressed with Bob Maker as I guess some other people were I mean he's got the size and he was the 10th pick he's got the size um, but he could get rebounds his rebounding stats will be big in summer league but he, he's still pretty skinny and was getting knocked around a little bit like I'm not sure whether he can really have an impact right away I mean he'll need to fill out and I guess he'll learn the game a little bit but I, I don't see him as making an immediate impact uh, Although it's not that they're necessarily relying on that, but he, he looks—he's pretty raw. Pretty raw. Now, your Washington Wizards currently sit at one and one. They won their first game against the Utah Jazz on Saturday. Lost on Sunday versus the Hawks, eighty-eight to eighty. Let's begin with the Utah game. What did you see 
from that contest. So it was close in the first half, and the Wizards pulled away. Big run in the second half. Utah looked terrible. What what did you see being in being at the game? Uh, yeah, it was it was ugly. I'd say that was one of the the worst played uh, games, and I was shocked after watching the first quarter. So that Washington won. I mean, they they pulled away big in the second half. Washington got a little bit of a run, but but no one really stood out that well. I mean, Ubre plays sort of the same way he played last year, which is impressive in summer league, but it's still hard to tell if he could do the same thing in, in an NBA game. He sort of overpowers people. He can drive by them. He gets a lot of steals. But, you know, we saw last year a lot of those steals turned into fouls uh, once the season started. So, you know, he's playing fine. He's playing well. But, uh, you know, we still, he's sort of doing what you would expect. Well, Eddie, I wasn't as uh, impressed with simply because he, he, he still has issues putting the ball on the floor. And, you know, last game he did a couple drives, but really he's, he's limited to a spot of shooter. And he's, he's uncomfortable when he puts the ball on the floor. So, you know, that's something you'd want to see him improve. And I know the other, like Michael Eric, has been playing well. Um, playing well for summer league, but I don't see him really, you know, having a spot. Certainly not, I guess, on all rosters, the Washington roster, simply because there's not much available. But he seems sort of like a summer league big man who's active around the rim. Got nice hands, and and uh, but you know I think he's just a step below what would be a, on an NBA roster. The other guys didn't get too many minutes in the first game, like McCollum. Uh, you know, people that we were interested in seeing. You know, Sidney Lowe has taken the approach where he's going to play you know, different people, different games. He's not going with a rotation of seven and, and getting a lot of people out there. So we'll have to wait and see more from McCollum to get some more minutes to see if he'll, if he's got a shot. You know, and so the Hawks game, I watched that uh, yesterday. I watched it live. Pretty much it came down to, and I think you wrote this on your piece that I'm. Gonna a link in the show notes and Kyle did as well in his game summary it pretty much came down to three point shots the Wizards could not make any and the Hawks made a lot and especially in transition uh, I think you had a comment where wow the Wizards don't crash the boards and yet they're still giving up open threes in transition which was totally my observation as well what the hell was going yeah, on in the Atlanta Hawks game you saw? Yeah, it was pretty crazy. I think Atlanta shot 27 threes. They made, I think it was 14 of them, and Washington shot 24. I think there were 5 of 24. But yeah, it, it was weird. I mean, it wasn't just that they weren't getting back in transition. Like, it was also, they were mixing up who they were supposed to cover. They weren't adjusting when it was a fast break. Just a whole lot of you know breakdown. But I think, hopefully, I think the issue was they didn't necessarily have the best players on the floor. I mean, Nate Walters came in and they and sort of settled things down. He's more of an NBA. You know, he has some experience. He's a much better point guard, I think, than the other guys on the roster. And also, uh, Lowe was playing, if I pronounce his name right, the Tarzeski at center. And he was bad. And he's just completely overmatched. He only played 15 minutes, but, you know, they were minus 13 during those minutes. And Atlanta was playing Eddie Tavares and had other big guys in there. So it was just a, a complete mismatch. So, and when you have uh, the mismatch at center and him not getting any rebounds, it's sort of, it's hard to play team defense when you have him down low too. So, you know, it's hard to tell if that game was really, a, a, you know, an issue. Of course, it's only summer league, but an issue for the summer league team or more, more the rotation. I, I'm positive, or I believe, if Michael Eric had played more, if, uh, if uh, I guess he's benched uh, for that game, Okafu, um, you know, if he was out there and if Nate Walters played more, I, mean, I think it would have been a lot more competitive. So it, it definitely was a, it was definitely an ugly game in terms of just the transition defense, uh, you know, all the way around. But I, I don't know how much of a, you know, will mean going forward. It's, it all depends on who Lowe's going to play from game to game. No, no, we get excited to see this summer league because, you know, it's basketball. You're out there in Vegas having a good time with your girls and friends. And But is there anything to really get out of these two games? <laughs> I, 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 they were very uh, – I, I didn't really get much out of anything I didn't already know about any of these players. I mean, aside from – Obviously, Michael Eric, I had no idea who that guy was, and he's been impressive, but he's also 28 years old, been in the D-League four or five years. I don't know why he's not overseas at this point. He's kind of a man among boys-ish, it looks like. Like, you can tell that he has been a professional a lot longer than 
almost all the guys he's competing against. Is there anything to pull out of these con- these two contests? Well, I think the, the one thing you can pull with, if the office hasn't pulled it already out of what they've seen, is that Aaron White is not going to be the answer at power forward at any, at any point in the future. So, I mean, if they wanted sort of a last look, a second look at him, they can maybe move on from him, maybe feel comfortable now packaging him in a he can maybe read that second round pick in the future. So instead of a, a 2021 pick, you know, being traded for some for Trey Burke, you can trade the right to Aaron White uh, for those players. So I think that's one thing. I sort of expected that from after seeing him last year, but that's one I think, you know, could be a takeaway from that. Um, well, Eddie, I know he made some shots the second game, but I mean, I guess you'd like to see him in this context be a little more, a little more aggressive, you know, show a little bit more than just the jump shooting, because if he's going to be limited to a three-point shooter, uh, you know, he's going to have to hit a higher percentage than he was doing during the season. So I think that's Something where he had an opportunity, and he still does. It's only been two games, but he has an opportunity to, to make a big jump on the roster to try to secure the spot. So I think it's a big it's a big summer for him. So I think that's something to to look out for and see what he's able to do. But the other spot in the roster, I mean, unless McClellan's going to show up or Sean Dawson's going to play real well, uh, I think it'll be difficult for anyone else to to make a difference. But that, those are pretty much the things I think you look for. We, Washington doesn't really have you know Ubre is just, just looking for his general development. I guess Wall was saying you know he wants to see more than just open threes. He wants to see him putting the ball on the floor and getting to the rim, and those are the type of things I think you look for. But is it going to matter in the long run? No, because Uber's got a spot on the team, and you know he's going to have to work through these things in training camp. It seemed to me that Uber's really taking on the leadership role. It's a question I brought up at the mini camp last week at Verizon Center. You know, him being still the youngest player on the team, I believe, by two years, only 20 years old. Have you seen that out on the court? Uh, yes, and that he never uh, stops talking. Uh, so he's, he's definitely... <laughs> or dancing, too. Dancing, too. He's dancing all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was, he's added dancing to his, uh, to his repertoire. Uh, so he, yeah, he's talking constantly, but in a positive way in terms of telling people to match up on defense and, you know, yelling out uh, screens and, and whether they're going to switch on picks and do stuff like that. So, so I mean, that's a good sign. That he, but he's also talking to the other team. He's talking to the, you know, the rest, the crowd. He's talking to everybody. He, he definitely likes putting out a, putting on a show. So uh, that's just more of his personality. So, yeah, he's. I mean, yes, you can tell he is taking on a leadership role on the summer league team, um, but I don't know if that's going to translate at all to the regular season. It's good to see him out there and engaged. And, and he does, you know, several times a game he'll lock in on defense. You can see him really getting in a guy's face and using his hands and, and getting a lot of strips. So that, that's good, and that's really the, the biggest thing he has to learn coming into the regular season is understanding how to defend without fouling. So it's good to see him you know, doing that here. How about Daniel House? I thought he was a, a pleasant surprise in the first game. He didn't get much run in the second game. Showed some athleticism, ability to knock down the three. I interviewed him last week, and I'm, I'm going to try to put the interview up on the site. What have you seen out of his play? Well, he's a good example of what you're asking about. Like, what, what do you what do you see out here? He's the kind of guy who is trying to catch someone's eye. And it's not just Washington, the people sitting here. I mean, I just came from the gym and, you know, there's everybody watching the Denver uh, Miami game right now. You got the, you know, the GMs, the front offices of everybody, you know, out there watching. So you're looking to catch anybody's eye to get on the team. But I mean, yeah, if you were to compare the two, I mean, House and, I mean, House, what he's bringing versus what Eddie's bringing, I mean, you wouldn't say there's much different so far in the summer league. So, uh, yeah, he's been impressive, but I guess with the, with the Thornton, Marcus Thornton signing, it sort of muddies up that, you know, that role and, and how many people are really going to have a chance. So yeah, he's been, he's been, uh, good. He's choking up out of and, and hitting shots. Well, you're, 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 you're killing me on your Aaron White analysis because as a biased, uh, University of Iowa Hawkeye alum, I am rooting really, really hard for Aaron White. Gosh, he got destroyed in that first game by Trey Lyles. He couldn't move his feet. He was fouling. He shot a couple of air balls. You know, he has athleticism and crashing the boards and get out on the break. That is, that wasn't really happening. I saw him losing his man in transition. Last game, I found the silver lining where I think he had a 
an up and under move for a jumper that looks smooth at the end of the game. But in two games, that was pretty, I think he hit his first three in the first game and then had, a, you know, the jumper I'm talking about at the end of the second game doesn't look good at all. It's hard for me to spin this. I'm trying to find some positivity, but the reality is, is that he could be overseas again. I, I, I haven't seen anything out of him for he dramatically improved from last summer where he even mentioned that his confidence was shook. Uh, he didn't have it last year and that he, and he felt that he was, you know, more prepared this year after spending a year overseas in Germany and where, you know, a, a team in uh, Israel, I think Maccabi uh, wanted him to be on the team, which is, uh, you know, a high end uh, international team. It, it ended up not happening because Germany team wouldn't sell him to them, but it's not looking good from a Hawkeye boy, is it? Well, no, and it's interesting you say that because I, I talked to him last year here and he, he knew, you know, he said, look, I didn't, I played horribly here. Uh, he, he used uh, an expletive and he said, you know, I'll be in Europe. I'm not coming to the NBA. And I think they were probably, the front office was looking for some type of jump, something. I mean, I think it's confidence though. So that's what's interesting. You think maybe he'd come in here. He should have the confidence. He's already been in the summer league once. He's already played professionally now where a lot of these people he's going against has. So yeah, I think it's not necessarily his athleticism. I guess it is a lot of it seems to be confident. You know, he's looking to pass immediately when he catches the ball. Um, He's forcing some passes in the lane when he shouldn't, when he should maybe go up. And, and so, yeah, a lot of that is confidence. So, I mean, I, 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 that's why you don't want to shut the door. I, just looking at the play, no, he hasn't played it well enough to get a, a look at all on the team. But, uh, you know, it's possible with confidence to, he, he could improve. But, again, you're talking about coming back next year. That would be his third year, hoping that they can come in. So, I mean, you're sort of way behind uh, if you haven't made the lead now when you're fighting to be a you know, second-round pick to come over uh, from overseas. Going back to Eddie, now, the, the Wizards have a decision on – on him, his contact, his contract is guaranteed. I believe maybe in a couple of days or maybe next week. I have you know, is it the fifteenth? So it's coming up. And I asked I him, I asked him last week. This just kind of was like, hey, what have you heard? You get any feelers? Just just throwing it out there, ambiguity if you would bite on it. He didn't really say either way. He just kind of inferred that he, if he had a strong summer, that maybe it, maybe he would pick up his option or his guaranteed, which I believe is like eight hundred thousand dollars. Which, you know, the Wizards still could, you know, eat that at some point. What is your sense? I mean, these last two games, you know, he's played okay, but he, he still isn't that great of a shooter. I mean, he's a good shooter, but he only still shoots like 35-40 for his limitations. I mean, you got to shoot like 40-45 from three-point to, to, I think, believe to just to give him a guaranteed spot on this team next year. But... What, what is your opinion on that? Well, I definitely think he needs to, right, I think he should be shooting a higher percentage if the only thing he's bringing is that three-point shooting. But the one thing I think he has going for him, sort of like what Garrett Temple did, is being, you know, a great locker room guy, uh, a good teammate, and someone who everybody wants to be around. And in talking to some people who, front office people, not necessarily with Washington, but there's other teams talking about things that go into whether a guy makes a roster other than, you know, it's not just uh, the talent, it's not just how much they play on the floor. When you have the 12, 13, 14, 15 guy on the, on the roster, those, those guys you necessarily aren't expecting much on the floor, but you are expecting them to show up professionally at practice and to know the offense, to play the scout team, and... And do things like that. So, I mean, there's, there's little things like that which I think can affect whether he stays on the team. And that's, I think that's helped Derek Temple a lot through his career. Uh, he's improved and progressed to where he's producing on the court, but it's also being that great teammate and locker room guy. So, I mean, I think factors like that may come into play, especially with Temple already leaving. You know, he's a known commodity. They're comfortable with him. So, I think that gives him a leg up on one of the last roster spots. But in terms of forcing his way on to the team, like I, he certainly hasn't done that in the first two games. Uh, you know, so we'll see what happens in the, in the next uh, three or however many more they have. 
What's, what's your sense? Do you think the Wizards will guarantee his contract regardless of how he plays or if he has to play well for them to do it? Or does it not matter? I, I mean, it seems like they have a pretty big need at the wing. So, I mean, after they signed Jason Smith, I would say if I were doing the roster construction, I would let, if you want Thornton, I would keep Thornton in that role and, and go after a wing if you can get one. Someone who can take a little bit of pressure off wall, who can handle the ball some, handle the ball with a second unit. That, that's what I would do, but I also wouldn't have signed Jason Smith. So yes, I wouldn't have I don't, either. You know, <laughs> you know, so it's hard to tell. You know, I would have, I would rather go for a Jason Smith type money to a wing versus cutting Darrell Eddy and getting a wing who's on like a minimum contract. So, so my guess would be there's a, a spot has to go to a wing and there's precious few spots to cut. And, and so I think you'd have to think that Darrell is pretty precarious where, uh, where he is right now. Going back to Jason Smith, I feel like why should I just give that to Michael Eric or Chefu or somebody like that over giving Jason Smith 16 million over three years, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's also the, Right, you think there's enough guys who could play that play that role? So I want to go. Jason Smith does give you. I mean, the ideal Jason Smith does give you that. Uh, you know, pick and 15, pop, pick and pop. Comfort. Yeah, exactly. So that, that's something which Eric and you know doesn't do. I mean, I think those kind of guys are dime a dozen, kicking up a sort of just uh, someone down low who can bang and get some rebound at that level. So I mean, Smith does. He's a, he's a regular. He's an NBA, legitimate NBA guy. He's bounced around. He does bring a skill that no one else on the roster has. Um, but I would think you could get someone to replace that deal at a, at a lower price and go after a wing. Because I just don't see how how they can be that confident in Otto and Kelly, Ubre, you know, Manning and the, the three is the entire uh, you know as the as the only wings on the roster. I, I was chat- uh, yeah, I was chatting with Jake Whitaker today about, you know, for Bulls Forever about the Summer League, and, and he, his takeaway was that it's almost playing out exactly as last year. <laughs> Ubre's not really shooting that well, but he's getting the rim, getting some steals, Aaron White's struggling, you know, some guys are doing some stuff here and there, but overall, it's almost similar. Well, yeah, I definitely, I mean, I agree, that's, I mean, that's why White, yeah, White's doing the same, and, uh, and that's what I was saying before, that Ubre is what you'd sort of expect. He's doing the same type of dominating in the physical way that he has, but he's, he's physically more gifted than a lot of the players doing that, but, but you want to see a little more, uh, you know, finishing out the rim and doing some more creative things that he won't be able to, to do when he's in the NBA. He's playing against NBA guys, you can't just power through them. So yeah, he'd like to see a little more of the creative stuff. But yeah, without, part of the issue is what, what Jake's saying is that comes from grading your second, your, your, your first round pick and, and not having a second round pick. So that could, that goes part of it into how you have the same, some of the experience year, you know, this year as, Last. I guess like what Dudley, what Dudley said that they're sort of in a, they're in a win now mode is what Dudley was saying, and I, I guess it's weird that they are in a win now mode, but it's not winning basically. So they're, they're not going through the draft, but but they're also not winning. So it's sort of a you know they're no man's land. You just referenced Dudley, Jared Dudley, who signed uh, with the Phoenix Suns with, with the Wizards last year. Good locker room guy, you know, hit some threes, did really well, kind of tapered off at the end of the season. What was that conversation like? I know you have a piece up on the site. How'd that come about? And you know, what what interesting things did he have to say? Well, I was in, uh, I was watching the Phoenix Suns, watching Dragon Bender, and he, you know, Dudley was there as well. He's now. Now on the sun, so he's always been a nice guy in the locker room, always willing to talk and always looking out for people to answer their questions. If you have questions, he'll stay late and talk to you. So I just, you know, went over and grabbed him and saw if he, he talked for a few minutes. And I'm sure he, he preferred to, uh, probably preferred to go out into Vegas at, at that point and not sit there and talk about the Wizards. Um, so I thought he was nice enough to answer some questions. He, well, number one, I, and I saw him say this on Twitter about Eric Waters, you know, and thanking Eric Waters for everything he did. And even in talking to me, the, the, wizard, the, wizard, the, wizard, the, wizard, the wizard's, wizard's trainer, for people that don't know. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So they, they, I get about 13 years or so. He's been for a long, long time, and they did summer a few weeks ago. They just let him go. Uh, and so it was, it was interesting to, to me that to hear Dudley out of the blue to me to say, and by the way, you know, I thought 
I was surprised they let, you know, Eric Waters go. He was great. The training staff was great. He said I'd been on five or six teams, and, and this was a great training staff, especially having been in Phoenix, which is sort of known as the best training staff, and that's what Dudley's been. So to hear him say that, it was just interesting that he was saying that. He's always been a, I guess he's picking up for his guy and being a nice guy and saying that stuff. But, you know, he, he didn't, he said what I was looking for a little more. I was hoping he would comment a little bit more about the chemistry on the team. You know, he, cause during the season, he said that the players weren't on the same page and, and they didn't really know what Whitman's instructions were. So, but, you know, he said it was inconsistency of what we know, what we've seen, that they just win five games, lose five games. And, you know, he blames a little bit on injuries. And, and I understand coming in because he hasn't been here in the past, he, you know, and seeing the injuries that happen sort of every year that they're dealing with. You know, he said the inconsistency is difficult to integrate a lot of people, which is which is true. Um, and Marquis Morris straight as well, getting that done. So he's coming from it as a, like a one, the perspective of being there one year. So what happened this particular year? You know, he's not bringing the perspective of, you know, this is something we're going around all day. It's something that happens, you know, these trades and these attempts to sort of fill holes of what happens every single year. You know, there's always this inconsistency. But for him, he's just looking at it from a one-year, you know, perspective. But he was very complimentary of Wall and Beal, said that he thinks they're ready to take the next step. And, and Otto and Kelly were as well. He thinks they can they can take over, especially Otto. He said he's expecting to have, you know, a career year at Otto. And he, he's ready based on the second half of the season that Otto had. Uh, you know, he thinks he's ready to take over and, and be that be that wing that, that's the that everyone's relying on. Did Dudley allude to why he chose Phoenix? I mean, I know money probably... But he, you know, he seemed like a guy that would maybe go to a contender at this point in his career, not a rebuilding team. Was it just the familiarity of being a Phoenix before? Well, I know he said before free agency, he mentioned that he wants a three-year contract, and that is something that Phoenix gave him. So I don't know if there were a limited number of teams that were giving, you know, willing to give him a three-year contract. But he said he was. He would have been happy to come back to Washington. He was expecting at the end of the season that he would come back, or thought, you know, he definitely was was open to it, and that uh, you know Washington they didn't end up making an offer because he, he went off the board uh, quicker than you know Washington was still holding out options. You know, at that point Durant was gone, but waiting for Horford. So he said he understood that that's why they hadn't made an offer. Uh, but you know, he had to make a decision, and then he went off the board. And he thinks that if, if there was more time, then he thinks that you know he would have been back with Washington, or at least there would have been an offer um, they would have taken. So I think I think it was a three year deal. And look, he got three years, thirty million. I mean. Yeah, uh, you know, you, you could put a few before you accept it. You could sort of make a call, have your agent call Ernie uh, Grunfeld, and say, "Hey, you know, here's what we got. Is there any chance of giving me that?" But I, I think it would have been a quick phone call. I think he went with a place, a place that gave him the most money, gave him a three-year contract, but also a place that he, he he'd been comfortable with, and he seemed pretty happy to be back there. New staff. You got Sidney Lowe, Scott Brooks' staff out there. What, what have you seen out of them compared to you know past years with you know Whitman and Flip Saunders? In terms of the coaching summer league, I mean, uh, you know, Sam Cassell. It's, it's, it's a much different uh, style of, of coaching. You know, Sam Cassell is, you know, he, he's yelling, he's out there, he's um, making a lot of noise, loads a lot more reserved. But one of the main things I've seen is, is that it used to be in years past that the, the Washington Summer League teams were always featuring whoever was on the squad. So it was it was Glenn before last year, it was Glenn Rice, you know, and, and Otto. And they did bring like to whatever they wanted. They put up, you know, huge stats. Before that, when it was Vesely and Chris Singleton, like that was the entire offense, just run the offense of those guys. Uh, you know, Singleton was putting up shots, Vesely was, you know, going crazy. And then before that, you had the Andre Blotch, uh, Dominic Wire, and Nick Young years. So it was usually just whoever was on the squad were the featured players, and they were putting up all the shots. All the offense was run for them. Uh, you know, but Lowe's being, um, you know, I was, uh, Uber is the leader, but, you know, he's playing a lot more players. Uh, you know, they're moving the ball around. He's, he's putting a lot more emphasis on defense. And you're hearing a lot of yelling and transition to get back and get facing. Of course, it didn't work out very well against Atlanta, but they're a lot more vocal on defense without getting into, into position. So, I mean, I guess that comes down maybe from, from, 
for Brooks as being one of the uh, one of the things he's looking to get into is you know improving the defense, uh, defense and mentality. So I don't know if that's something that comes down from him, but but really it's been more of a spread out team on the on the offense, a running plays which are getting other guys shot. Whereas in years past it was it was just whoever was on the roster had free range to do whatever they wanted. And that's how you got Glenn Rice Jr. as the MVP, and you get Otto up there on the first team, and, and you get Andre. Uh, you know, plot running the running the summer league for a few years, putting up big numbers. So that's sort of to me been the difference in in, in Washington summer league teams of up to date and past. Yeah, yeah, I know. I don't want to get too much in the weeds of the summer league, but I did find it. I did find it curious last night against Atlanta when you know it was last couple minutes of the game and, and like Drell Eddie's trying to make plays and he threw the ball away a couple times. I'm like, aren't we trying to get Kelly Oubre the ball here in these situations? <laughs> is that the whole point well, of the summer league? <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's actually a good point because that was one of the things uh, that was disappointing to me about Eddie is because you're looking for something more than just a spot of shooter. And in the all in the situations at the end of the game where he had a chance to show like he can you know come off a pick and roll and make that play, and getting the ball to the shooter, he was turning it over. You know, he wasn't showing that that ability. So for that, those are some of the areas where I think he needs to prove. But yeah, they, it was they were sort of running at full plays instead of just. Other teams would just throw it into Uber and say, hey, try to, try to do something with it. Which, you know, look, I'm not, that, that's probably the right way to do it. But, you know, at least to then having some confusion and guys in the quarter aren't used to playing together and maybe not the best players taking the, you know, the shot. Now, they play tomorrow. Who do they play tomorrow? I forget. I'm a terrible blogger. They play, you know, it's, they play Brooklyn. Brooklyn, tomorrow. Are you going to that game? Uh, yeah, that's the last game. I'm going to go to that game and then I'll, then I'll be coming back. So. I'll miss the uh, tournament game once they start on uh, on Wednesday. Should we preview the Brooklyn game? We don't really have to preview the Brooklyn game. What would you like to see out of this Brooklyn game? <laughs> what I want to see? I mean, yeah. they got, uh, I, I actually don't know if Rondé... I haven't seen Brooklyn play yet, and I don't know if Rondé Hollis-Jefferson is uh, playing. He's one of my uh, favorite guys in the league before he got injured. He's a guy I like to watch him play. But yeah, the Brooklyn... I can tell you, Jeremy Zoom was out here earlier. That's the biggest thing for Brooklyn. Uh, yes. He's got a big a big, uh, big ovation when he was seen in the crowd. Um but yeah, I don't, you know, the Brooklyn team doesn't have any uh, big names on it. That's the one thing, you know, you like to see Washington playing some other big name uh, rookies, so they never seem to get matched up with that. Uh, you know, Atlanta didn't really have anybody, and Utah had Lyle, so they haven't been able to play against the big, you know, top five draft picks. So yeah, I, you know, Brooklyn, I'd say it's more about watching Uber and Eddie. Not, not so much watching Brooklyn. Yeah, I would like to see maybe, you know, House gets more run and McClellan. We haven't really got to see much of McClellan, I don't think. Or even a yeah, I don't know. Too. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know why. So the first game, I thought he definitely played McClellan, but. You know, he played, I think, six minutes or so. So it, 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 they're definitely not doing what I would have expected, which is featuring the guys who you were expecting to come to camp and gave the, you know, partial guarantees to. That's the, I thought those guys would be getting 30 minutes a game. So, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. Maybe, you know, in Brooklyn, you know, Lowe said he's going to rotate it. He's going to give guys minutes one game and then, and, you know, they're not going to get made the next. So maybe, maybe Brooklyn will be able to follow the game. And maybe my boy Aaron White. Maybe he'll, he'll hit four or five threes, t- uh, tomorrow and we'll all be all happy and I can go back to being really, really biased about, the flying ginger, Aaron White. Uh, <laughs> well, Adam, that that is all I have. Uh, any other comments? Any other observations you see out there? I did see you saw a George Murison uh, jersey in the crowd. That's pretty neat. Yeah, there's well, there's. I'd say maybe we're down about a handful of Wizards Bullet fans, so they're not all well represented out here. But um, <laughs> the few that do come out here are, are strong. <laughs> well, you're out there. Kyle, you've been able to hang out with Kyle, see him? Yeah, he'll be out, I guess, tomorrow. He'll, we'll be covering tomorrow's game, and I was getting good video interviews he's been doing. So, yeah, we'll see him. Tim, uh, we got some of the coverage out here. Ben Sandig, Comcast, of course, that Jay Michael's out here. Chris Miller's out here. Uh, you know, the regulars. You know, Wall gave a really good interview. I, I transcribed it on the on the site. I saw he was sitting courtside. What was, any John Wall stories? Uh, the, no, because we asked if he was going to be giving any media availability, and we were told no. 
so we, we weren't able to get access to him. It was just the NBA TV. So you all at home watching, you know, heard, heard as much as we heard. So yeah, I read your transcription of him. Yeah, it was interesting to see him. He, he's always thoughtful in his analysis. He doesn't, he, you know, he doesn't give just rote answers. He'll, he'll go into actual players he'd like to see and, and, and hold these things on the roster. So it's always interesting to see what, what he wants to happen versus what is actually happening, especially if we look toward, you know, a possible, you know, we still got three years. It seems like a long time, but it's not that long to put a roster together that makes him happy and not frustrated. And one answer with Kevin Durant, I'm going to talk about it later, so I don't want to belabor you too much because I know you get it go, but I found his answer about, you know, Kevin Durant going to Golden State, how, you know, compared to what Markeith Morris said, Wall was like, hey, he wants to have fun. You know, LeBron left because yeah. he wanted to have fun. And I was like, read through the lines because that's what we do and implying like, wow, are you implying like you're not having fun? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I, I'll let you go into more depth later. But yeah, I didn't like that. Uh, I, I didn't like the answer. I mean, it's not an answer, but you know, it, it was it was ominous. I didn't like it. <laughs> I thought the auto one was curious too about him being fatigued twenty games in the season. Yeah, that well, that was. I don't know if that was more of just like making fun of him, or he's like seriously saying, "Listen, you gotta what's what's wrong with this guy? You gotta step up." That, but that's interesting. That that makes sense though. You know, you see the way Otto plays. You, you know, he's sort of timid, avoiding contact when he goes in the paint. Needs to get stronger yeah, and disappears so I, at times. Yeah, so I, I think that that sort of all seems to make sense that he would be coming to the wall and, and saying he's tired. Because even if I was tired, if I were Otto, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it anyway. You know, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but at least they all seem to like each other. That's true. Well, thanks a lot, Adam. Any any plans tonight? Going to more games or hitting the hit the tables? Taking your girl off for a nice dinner? Or? Oh, well, I, I'll I'll probably attempt to. Uh, make some money at the tables, but uh, we'll see. I'm, I'm down. I'm down on fun, so I'm sort of chasing money right now. So <laughs> that's where it's dangerous. It's dangerous to chase money. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. Well, uh, my rule is that if you're going to the ATM in the casino, it's it's over. <laughs> like that's where it's a bad sign. <laughs> right. You don't want to be taking money out of your pocket when you're at the blackjack table. Uh, Never. Yeah. Well, we'll see how it goes. It could be an early night. All right. Cool, man. Well, hey, man. Thanks for taking the time. We. Uh... You have a good last day out there in Vegas, and you're going to come back to, you know, EDNX will be about 90s the rest of the week here in the, the District of Columbia. So you're, 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 <laughs> the level of uh, weather won't, won't change much for you, dude. That's a smile. Okay. All right. Well, I'll, I'll give you a Brooklyn update after the game tomorrow. All right. For sure, dude. That concludes my conversation with Adam Rubin out in Vegas. I apologize for some of the technical difficulties, but the cell service was spotty. Hopefully you enjoyed what he had to say of his observations over the past uh, few days out in Las Vegas. The Wizards have a, a one more game coming up, and then they have, they'll have they be in a tournament. Those games have not been announced yet. They'll probably play either Wednesday or Thursday. So we'll probably have another podcast about that. I also have a conversation coming up with the local DC Sports Radio host that is very informative. So look for that as well. Thank you, everyone, for your support. Go to sneakis.com, S-N-E-K-I-S. Dot com help support the show and as always go is peace out. Peace out.